0: I almost feel like I should go ahead and say uh, kids go downstairs. So uh, so parents, if you want to tell your kids to go to the room or uh, downstairs or wherever you want to send them or keep them there with you if you want, that's fine. Uh, I just want to thank the band for, for being here today. I, I sat over in my regular spot with my eyes closed. It was like I was the only one here, which I basically was the only one here. But I appreciate you guys being here and and behind the scenes, Colton and Matt and Pick kind of making sure things were running uh, correctly. So please understand, we're, we're, this is a work in progress. We're going to try to work out the bugs and make this as good as we can. And and I apologize apologize ahead of time. Preaching to six or seven people, ten people, whatever it is out here is going to be a little bit different as well. I do want to say uh, hi to my sister Deb in uh, Houston. I told her that I would shout out, give her a shout out this morning. So Deb and Kenny and Family, uh, thanks for watching in today. I bet you've seen it before. Maybe, maybe you were the recipient. Maybe, uh, maybe you've seen it and experienced it that way. Or maybe, maybe you were a bystander. You you just happened to notice it, but it was as plain as day. It, It was obvious. Or maybe you were on the opposite end. You were the one, uh, you were the one that was creating the moment. You were the one that was, was doing it. I'm sure you've, uh, seen it before, whether, whether you received it, noticed it, or, or the one, or gave it, or maybe all three, probably all three of them actually, you've been a part of this. For, for Rita and myself, it, it's happened to us many, many times. The the most recent was just a few weeks ago, we, we drove down to Liberty, Missouri, uh, and walked into an elementary, elementary gym where our grandson Reed, he's five years old, our grandson, Reed, was warming up for his basketball game. Now, I use the word warming up very lightly because, really, he was just running around chasing the ball and chasing the other kids on the team. But but when we walked in, uh, he glanced up and saw us, and his eyes lit up. He saw his Grammy and Pawpaw. His eyes lit up. He kind of did a little wave at us, and and his look was basically saying, "You you came. I've, I've experienced it with many of my grandkids, with all four of our children, uh, and many other times watching it happen with other people. But you know what I'm talking about? You're, you're in the stands and your son, your daughter, your grandchild looks up and finds you. Uh, whether it's a basketball game, football game, soccer game, baseball, school program, concert, I've, I've seen it many times where they'll look up and Make sure that that special person, that, that parent, that grandparent, that friend, whoever it might be, that special person is watching. When that glance from the, the, the court or from the stage goes out there, uh, and, and the recognition is there, they see that person, there's a confirmation, there's a reassurance, there's a validation and, and then a subsequent joy and affirmation that comes from from the thought yes they're here yes they saw me and really what what it's saying is yes they care yes i'm special so so i want you to remember that emotion whether you've seen it uh firsthand as someone looking to to you or 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 uh, you've noticed it from someone else or you've remember looking out and seeing someone there i want you to remember that emotion as the backdrop of what we're going to look at this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles, I'm going to encourage you to open up 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, We're we're just going to read this one time, but then go go to chapter 1 and kind of hold chapter 1 of 1 Corinthians 13 open. Uh, If you want to go ahead and mark ahead, you can mark uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 as well. We'll be there as well as a couple other places. So if you have your Bibles, take them out, follow along as we, we read. This morning, we're going to look at verse 7. We're just going to look at one word from verse 7. Uh, verse 7 says this. I'll read the, the whole verse. It says, it always, talking about agape love, it always protects. The word we're looking at today is it always trusts, always hopes, and always pers- perseveres. A couple weeks ago, uh, we, we pointed out that, that some of the versions, uh, translate it differently. And, and it's true of this word as well. Uh, the, the NIV says, uh, it always trusts, and, and that's a fine way to put it, but the, the King James Version, English Standard Version, Revised Standard, and Christian Standard Version all translate it this way. They all say it believes all things. Now, now Paul uses a word here, and, it, and it's appropriate for, for it to be translated either way. You, you can translate it always trust, or you can translate it Believes all things. And we'll, we'll notice a subtle difference. In fact, I, I actually like the other translation, believes all things better than always trust. And, and what it means for us when it says that it trusts or believes, it means that we can put confidence in or we can have a reliance on. So when we see it in the context of 1 Corinthians 13 and agape love, there's Really two different ways that we can see this meaning and make the application for our life. Today we're going to look at one of them. And then the next week we'll finish up and look at the second one. But, but the cool thing is both of these pour into us great encouragement. We'll see that if someone has agape love for us, then they can have a confidence in us. And we can also see that if we are loved with agape love, we can have a reliance on them. And, and as we've been pointing out, uh, through this series on 1 Corinthians, there's always a double application. There's the application that, that God sends agape love to us. We're loved with agape love. And, and then it also comes back to us to love others with that same type of love. So, so this morning we're going to look at, at from 1 Corinthians, two different, two different ideas, two different thoughts that, that we see, uh, from this one idea of confidence. So, so here, here we go. First of all, we have a confidence. It's our confidence that God believes in us. If agape love means that God has confidence in us, then it also means that he believes in us. So if you catch nothing else from today, if you want to write this down uh, and remember this, if you catch nothing else, would, would you at least catch this? Go home with this idea that God believes in you. See, I bet... I bet all of us can remember a time in your life when someone believed in you. And, and you can remember how that felt when, when you realized that, hey, they trust me. They, they believe that I can get it done. M- maybe the very, the very first time your parents let you walk to school by yourself. Now I can remember when that was. That was first grade. In fact, first day of first grade. My school didn't have, I'm so old, we didn't have kindergarten back then. So first grade was my first day of school. And, and mom was glad to get me and my twin sister Mindy out of the house. And so she uh, she didn't care if we walked to school. She didn't really even care if we made it there. She just wanted to get us out of the house. So, But some of you might remember back, maybe you were second, third, fourth grade, when your parents, that first time, let you walk to school by yourself. Your chest kind of puffed out like, I'm I'm all grown up now. Mom and dad are letting me walk to school. Or maybe it's that first time they left you at home by yourself, at least intentionally. Now, if they left you home accidentally by yourself, that's not a real confidence builder. Uh, and, and maybe you're the oldest in the family, and you remember when the, the first time your mom or dad left you in charge of your siblings. You probably asked them how much you were going to get paid as well, but, but you were old enough that they left you in charge. You're at home all by yourself. Or, or a lot of us can remember that first time that our parents let us drive by ourselves. Now I don't know about about the girls, but but I bet a lot of guys did this. Your your parents let you take the car for the very first time. You're you're fifteen, sixteen, whatever it is in your state, and you you get your driver's license, and they're let you, letting you go somewhere for the first time all by yourself. And 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 what you did is as you drove away, your mom and dad were standing on the front porch or out in the front yard, and and this is what the guy said: is we drove away, our hands were at ten and two, until we got about a block away, and then we went like this. And we started fiddling with the radio, didn't we guys? Uh, or maybe it was that first time a coach believed in you. Maybe they said, Hey son, today you're starting or, or last minute situation in the game and the coach drew up a play that was aimed at you. Or maybe a boss put you in charge of a project or gave you a promotion. Here's the point. You remember how you felt when someone believed in you. Do, do you remember how? validated you felt how encouraged you were how it gave you a sense of purpose and meaning now, now let me s- stop here for just a second uh, and and give us a challenge. i'll come back and finish this point but um uh, do, do you realize the power do you realize the power that we have to make a difference in other people's lives when we simply when we simply believe in them now, not only make a couple applications, you, you can make others yourselves. Mom and dads, you can make a difference in your kids' lives when, when you simply let them know that you believe in them. Now, I'm not asking you to lie to them. If you're, if your son's a senior in high school and he's 5'5 and weighs 105 pounds and can't chew and walk, uh, can't walk and chew gum at the same time, but, but he says he wants to play basketball for Bill Self at KU or Bruce Weber at K-State, uh, He's 5'5 and, and weighs 105 pound, pounds and he runs the 40 yard dash in 6.8 seconds. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that's not good. That's bad. Uh, and, and he has hands of stone. He's so bad he can't even catch a cold. But he wants to play wide receiver for the Chiefs and catch passes from Patrick Mahomes. Maybe, maybe you don't, maybe you don't lie to your kids and say you believe in them in those situations. But parents, we have opportunities every day in little ways, in small ways, and sometimes in huge ways, to simply make sure our kids know that we believe in them. We, we have a lot of teachers in our church. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge teaching from home to do this, but teachers, you can change a kid's life when you simply let them know that you believe in them. You're aware of this, but there's there's kids that show up in your classroom every day that all they're hearing at home is, is they can't do it. They're going to be a failure. All they're all they're being told is that no one believes in them. Uh, and and some of those same kids get to school, and I know we work hard to to make sure this doesn't happen. Some of those same kids get to school, and and their classmates in the classroom on the playground and in gym class let them know the same thing. Hey, you're not going to amount to anything. Uh, teachers, you can make a difference when you tell kids that you believe in them. Now, now, again, don't lie to them. Maybe maybe your belief is, hey, instead of getting an F, I believe you can get a D. Instead of flunking, I think you can get a C minus. And, uh, and, and maybe you can make it through today without getting in trouble one time. I, but parents you, or teachers, you can make a difference. And the truth is, we, we have so many opportunities, uh, whether it's with coworkers or with friends, uh, people we're around to speak truth into them and let them know that we believed in them. So so let me go back and make the application, draw the draw the conclusion here. You remember how you felt when someone believed in you. Well let me tell you something. God, because of his agape love, we, we see it here in 1 Corinthians 13, because of his agape love, has a confidence in you. He believes in you. Uh, and and from the book of 1 Corinthians, we're going to see uh, a, a couple of different ways there's probably more than this but but at least a couple of different ways that he believes in us and demonstrates in a real practical way his confidence in us here here's one if you have your bibles over to chapter one of first corinthians look at verse 18 and what we see here is that he believes in us to be saved first corinthians chapter one verse 18 says this for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. This this might be the most important and most fundamental thing that we can grab hold of today, that God believes in us to be saved. Now, don't don't misunderstand. we're We're not the ones doing the saving. It's not something that we can do, but that he's done for us. John 12, verse 47, Jesus says, For I did not come to judge the world, but to save it. In Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 15, Paul said, Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. You you want evidence, you want proof, you want validation that God believes in you, then know this, Jesus came to save you. Because we are saved, because we're covered by his blood, because we're blanketed by his grace, we have a confidence. Hebrews chapter 10, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19 says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have a confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, Hebrews chapter four, fifteen and 16 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet was without sin let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need first john chapter 2 verse 28 says and now dear children continue in him so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming and finally in first john 4:17 it says in this way Love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment because in the world we are like him. Are you, are you making the connection? Are you, are you beginning to realize that because of agape love, an avenue is open whereby we can be saved by Jesus' death on the cross and then we can live in confidence because we belong in him and belong to him. What it's saying is Jesus is telling us, "I believe in you." God is saying, "I believe in you." A couple of weeks ago, Reed and I uh, again went down to to Liberty to watch a basketball game. Our, our youngest son Caleb is an assistant coach for the Liberty High School boys' team, and they were playing and, consequently, won their district championship game. And as as the game came to an end, the 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 final second ticked off the clock. The the horn sounded, the, the Liberty player with the ball threw it up in the air, the, the players began to, to rush the floor and greet one another and hug one another. Our, our five-year-old grandson Reed was sitting between Reed and I and, and when the horn sounded, Reed stood up and said something to this effect. He said, I'm heading to the court. And by me he walked and, and down the aisle he headed. Reed and I kind of looked at each other like, uh, should we go get him? And then we glanced at Caleb's wife, Lori, as if to say, is it okay? And she just kind of shrugged her shoulders like it was fine. And, and, and so Reed ran down on the court. He found his dad and gave him a hug. And then he began running around the court, just, just smiling and, and hooping up and having a good time, just running around the court. All the other stuff was happening. They were given the trophy. A team photo was being taken. In fact, I thought one time Reed was going to run into the team photo. I thought the photo was going to be all the players and my grandson like this. But but he stopped right in the, in the nick of time. But here's the point. Somehow he knew he belonged where he was. I, I don't I don't know if sometime earlier in the year Caleb had told him, "Hey, it's okay to go down on the court. Uh, uh, you're the you're the coach's son. You you can be here." But he had a confidence. He had a confidence that he was where he was supposed to be. And and because of that, he ran around with freedom, with joy, with a sense of belonging that was quite apparent. Can I tell you that when Paul says agape love believes all things, one of the ways that we have confidence is knowing that God believes in us so much so that we will be saved. And, and can I just sum it up this way? Really what, what that means is that we have value and we are valued. Now, now let's look at a, a second way that we see that. Also, in First Corinthians chapter 1, just go back earlier in the chapter to verse 8 and notice what it says. See, we have a confidence that we can be strong. Verse 8 says this, He will keep you strong to the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, there was a little, little four year old boy was uh, in his bed and there was a thunderstorm. Uh, there, there's a loud clap of thunder and a flash of lightning and he hollered out for his mom and, 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 some of you parents have been there before you know what this is like and so mom went into the and obviously it was mom not dad mom went into the the bedroom to comfort him and she crawled up in bed with him and said hey it's going to be okay it's just a thunderstorm and and we're in the house and everything's going to be fine mommy and daddy we're just in the the room next to you everything's going to everything's going to be fine don't don't be afraid and 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 she she started to crawl out of the bed and as she did her little four-year-old began to beg her mommy please, can you stay in my room can you can you stay with me a little bit longer and and she she said no 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 honey I can't and then she said this She says no I have to go back and sleep in daddy's room and the little boy paused for a second and she turned to walk away she thought she had finally convinced him to be confident and as she turned and walked away she heard her little four-year-old say this the big sissy when When Paul says that agape love believes all things, he is saying that God believes in us to be strong. There is an expectation from God that we're going to be strong. And and, and he wants to place in our spirit, in our heart, the expectation that we will be strong. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. God believes in us to be strong and that we can face and conquer, conquer any trial or temptation. Now, this Ephesian passage is specifically talking about spiritual warfare, but but really what we know is that there's no temptation, there's no trial that Satan can throw us, at us or that life can throw at us that God is not behind us saying, you've got this, you can stand against this you can be strong paul said earlier in first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 he said no temptation has seized you except what is common to man in other words you you aren't going to face we're not going to face anything that others haven't already faced and conquered now now i know we are in unprecedented times we, we keep saying that we we've, we've never dealt with this but but it's not like other people in other generations, in other places, have faced things just like this. See, there's no temptation. There's no trial that we're going to face that it, 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 that people haven't already faced before. Believers haven't already faced and conquered. He, he goes on and says this, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will provide a way that you can stand up under it. No matter what comes our way, no matter what we face, even if it is a global pandemic, God has a confidence in us to be strong. Uh, six, seven years ago, Rita, Rita and I joined the YMCA in Atchison. Uh, actually she joined, but for five bucks more, it was a family membership. And so, so we both joined. Uh, she began taking this water aerobics class, and about a month into this class, she began to uh, to ask me to join her. I uh, almost said pester, but that would be rude. Uh, but that's what she did. She passed me, hey, will you join, will you come to this class? Well, I'm thinking water aerobics. Her mom had taken a water aerobics class when she was like 80, and so I'm thinking water aerobics, is just go to the pool and splash a little bit, But, but because of her insistence, I finally agreed with her to go. When I got there, I met our drill sergeant, I I mean our aerobics instructor. Her name was Brandy. Brandy's this cute little thing that was full of energy. If she had long floppy ears, you would have thought she was the energizer bunny. She, oh boy, she was tough. About five minutes into our, into my first water aerobics class, this was me. I, I, Couldn't breathe. I was gasping for breath. There, there was no splashing around in the water. Well, technically there was because we had done this one exercise where we went to the deep end and we had to tread water and do these things with these floats and, and I kept going underwater and coming up and splashing, trying to get my head back uh, above water. I, this, boy, it was tough. But here's the deal. Brandy was always behind me. Seemed like it was always me, but I guess the others as well. She was always behind me telling me that I could do it, encouraging me to keep going. We would do this one exercise where we would hook this resistant band, uh, to the side of the pool and start this exercise. It would go for a minute and, and I'm not going to show it to you because you'll, you'll see my, my lack of coordination. It took me several weeks to even get, figure out how to do this, but, but you would pull on the resistant bands. Uh, at the same time, you were doing a jumping jack in the water. Uh, l- let me just put it this way. After about five or ten seconds, I was wore out. And, and so this is what I would do. So I'd be pulling on these bands and doing the jumping jack kind of at the same time. And out of the corner of my eye, I would notice when Brandy would turn her head and look to someone else to encourage them. And then I would just sit there and kind of splash a little bit and not really pull the bands and not really do the jumping jack. And then she would turn and see me, Tim, you can do it. Keep going, keep going. Uh, another time we got out of the pool to do, to do these core exercises. Uh, now, now I know you can't see my core, uh, because of too many meat and potatoes through the years, but, but let me, uh, let me assure you that underneath this, there really isn't much of a core. <laughs> and, uh, so w- when we did core exercises, whether we were doing setups or crunches or these other things that she had thought up in the middle of the night of ways to punish us or, or doing these planks, she would be there counting down, Tim, you can do it. And I would look up and say, Brandy, I can. And she would say, no, keep on going. You can do it. And then five, four, three, two, one, rest. And I would flop down uh, dying. But I found out that I could do more than I have ever thought I could because someone was telling me that I was strong. Someone was saying, I believe in you." Now. Now, sometimes I failed. Sometimes Brandy would say, you can do it, Tim. And I said, no, I couldn't. And I would quit. I'd look over there with sad eyes at my wife, as she kept doing the crunches and kept doing the exercises, and and I'm like, I don't even care. (laughs) Uh, Sometimes I failed. Sometimes I didn't do nearly as well as the others. But I always did better than I thought I could. Um stay on the exercise theme I, I used to lift weights now i'm going I'm to pause here for a second to let y'all stop laughing uh, i didn't i i didn't say how much i lifted or or, uh, or for how long so so the answer is it was a long time ago not very much weight and i didn't do it very long but my roommate dan muter uh, some of you know dan dan filled in for me last october when i uh, when my brother had his heart attack and my Dan my my roommate Dan Muter was a, a weightlifter. Uh he lifted weights all the time and w- one evening he came back to our dorm room and he had a towel on his forehead and I'm thinking what in the world happened? He took the towel off and and the skin was uh was was ripped off the off his forehead and I'm we're on a Christian college campus so he you no know, I knew he didn't get in a fight but at least he shouldn't have and, and I said Dan what happened? And so he reluctantly uh retold the story of what had happened. He was lifting weights and he came to the end of his his weightlifting, he decided he was going to bench press a heavy amount. We was going to see if he could get three, three presses. I think he had about 240, 250 pounds on the, on the, uh, on the bench press. And, and so as he, as he started doing this, he got a couple of them up and he got that third one. And if you've ever done this, I mean, I've bench pressed before. I've thrown a couple of tens on the, uh, the, the bar and I've been there before where you, you get it up and you're not quite there and your arms start to quiver and start to shake. And, I, I mean, you're not going to go any further, and the weight comes back down on his chest. And that's exactly what happened to Dan. He's pinned under 250 pounds of weight sitting on his chest. He's in uh, uh, Colton. He's in the, the the bottom floor of Williamson uh, Hall. And he, surely someone walked through and help him, but no one showed up. He hollered. No one came to, to rescue him. And so finally he, he had to, to weasel his way out from under that bar. And in the process of pushing his head under it, he he took the skin off his forehead now now what happened was dan had broke the cardinal rule of weightlifting particularly with bench press you always have someone spot you a, a spotter is someone that stands behind you and and they do a couple things number one they encourage you they keep telling you hey you can do it go on one more one more set one more rep and and when you get to that last rep that, and your arms are starting to shake and the weight's starting to push down a little bit, they, they reach down sometimes with just a couple fingers and help you up or, or maybe with both hands or sometimes they take the whole weight of that bar and they lift it back and put it back on the rack. The, the, the spotter is there to help you. Not only does God believe in us, but we can believe in him and trust in him that he will spot us. We can have a confidence that we have a God who stands behind us and when we begin to struggle under the weight, when we begin to waver under the pressure, when we are tempted to give in to our fear, when the unknown seems to be insurmountable, and when our world appears to be falling apart, we have a God who reaches down and takes the weight from us and gives us the confidence to stand well let me let me conclude with this a friend of mine julio uh, we'll shout out to julio he's probably watching this morning julio lives in uh in anapra in, in juarez mexico and julio called me a, a while back and he gave me this verse it's psalm chapter 62 if you have your bibles turn there psalms chapter 62 uh 5 through 8 and it says this It says, find rest, O my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will not be shaken. My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. We have a God who loves us. And because of that, he believes in us to be saved, which is really saying he values us so much that he did save us. And we have a God who loves us, who believes in us and has a confidence in us to be strong, and believes that we can stand up. We can stand up no matter what we face. Even if we're not sure what tomorrow's going to have for us even if we're not sure what tomorrow holds he's there to rescue us to spot us when i was growing up my uh my home church occasionally on sunday night would have a a hymn sing those of you that didn't grow up in church you have no idea what that is but we would meet on sunday night and we would just sing hymns and 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 we'd we'd do a few that they'd picked out and then they would do this uh does anyone have a favorite uh at Someone would throw out, if we hadn't sung it yet, they'd throw out Amazing Grace, and we'd sing Amazing Grace, and, uh, someone else would throw out, uh, In the Garden, or whatever, uh, whatever the, the, the hymn was of their favorite. But, but just about every time we did this, someone would holler out this hymn. I know who holds tomorrow. And the piano player would start to play, and we would sing these words. I don't know about tomorrow, I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry or the future, for I know what Jesus said, and today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we, we ask today that, that you give us the faith to believe in you, to trust that you believe in us, so much so that you sent your Son to die for us. You value us that much. And you believe in us, Father, that even in a time that, that we're being overtaken by fear and uncertainty, you believe in us to be strong. Not only are you there to encourage us and stand behind us, but, Father, when we can't go on, you will simply lift us up and give us strength. Father, we thank you that you are behind and beside us. Father, we pray for those today that are on the front lines. Keep them safe. Keep them strong. And, Father, we pray for for the believers at home today. Lord, we pray today that we can continue as as believers to, to be a light in a dark place. Father, we can have hope and we can have peace and we can have comfort in you. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. I would remind you as we finish today that God is still God and God is in control. We'll see you next Sunday.